what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. For organizations looking to enhance their customer relationships, this is Stepping Up Service. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stepping Up Service. This is our show here on the Mesh.TV network, where we talk about the world of providing customer service to our customers, our clients, our coworkers, anybody we come into contact with in a professional or uh, even nonprofit organization, looking at the importance of customer service and what can we do to make our organization stronger at delivering it. My name is Alan Jackson with the Jackson Group, a survey and consulting firm located in North Carolina. And uh, with me, my co-host, my uh, uh, the right-hand man on this show, the, ever, <laughs> the ever st- everlasting rock of uh, stepping up service is Mr. Ed Gagnon with Customer Service Solutions. Ed, how are you? I'm doing great, Alan, and I appreciate you not calling me your partner in crime this time. It yeah, always, uh, <laughs> that always has a little bit of a negative connotation here. So no, we're uh, we're partners in in the good stuff out there. So there you go. That's right. There you go. Oh, how's uh, how's your uh, year? How'd your 2013 wrap up for you, Ed? Uh, wrapped up great. Uh, appreciate your asking. Uh, it was a good year uh, business wise. We uh, you know continued in, in a lot of our key industries, doing some real interesting things. Some of which I'll allude to in, in today's topic, uh, whether it's in healthcare or pro sports. Some of these different industries, and then personally, uh, it was a nice holiday because we got to travel. Uh, and see uh, my family, my wife's family, and and it was relatively local travel. So uh, it was just enough without being too much uh, of the relatives, if you know what I mean. There is a a magic point time-wise, isn't there? I mean, there's that that point where you have to get up to that level to be the right, you know, the good husband and family member. And then there's the point where it's okay to stop and and return back to normal. (laughs) Right. I can certainly sympathize with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. How was your holiday and uh, the end of your 2013? You know, it was good. It was good. It was busy. Probably a little still busier than I would like for it to be. But uh, good times, good family visits. Um, Everything worked out pretty good. Kids are happy. So. Uh, can't complain much. Well, as we, we talked about, we're wrapping up 2013. It's a great time to start looking forward. It's kind of something you do with the whole new year rolls around. You start looking at plans for the coming year. It's kind of a symbolic thing, a kind of a refreshing of your, of your, your mindset towards things. We did this last year, Ed, where we talked about trends we saw coming up for 2013. And we did this about 12 months ago. So we thought it'd be a good idea. Why don't we keep that tradition going? And at the beginning of the year, let's start looking at the year ahead. And for those of you that are maybe new listeners or, or weren't around when we did this last time last year, the idea is we're looking at trends, things that we think are going to be of greater importance, maybe more uh, emphasis placed on things that are just going to be very important to the world of customer service in the coming year. So Ed, you're putting on your your, uh, your your fortune teller hat a little bit. You've got your crystal ball out, some things you think are going to be some important trends for the coming year. And what we'll do is we'll get in, into those and start talking about them and uh, see what your thoughts are on those. Does that sound okay. good? Okay. Yeah, it sounds great. Great. So trends for 2014 in the world of customer service, what we're expecting to see. I think you've got about maybe six or seven of them we'll go through. So what do you have first on the list to add for us? Well, well first on the list for 2014 is that we will learn to rekindle the fire. 
Ooh, I want to hear about this. Okay, tell <laughs> yeah, me what this yeah. means. Yeah, so you're probably wondering that. And no, I am not talking about some trashy romance novel uh, or, or romance in the world of customer service. Sorry to disappoint there. Uh, although based on this trend, there could be some uncomfortable emotional engagement uh, that I'll talk about in just a minute. Uh, but but I don't know if you've seen the recent uh, Kindle Fire commercials on TV. It's the Amazon tablet where you have uh, customers and they have a need and they click on the screen and they're talking to live a customer service rep. Have you seen that? I have. I, I am very intrigued by that feature. Yeah, and, and it's one of those interesting things to me as well because people uh, generally prefer to have a two-way conversation, especially if there's something more than just basic information that they're looking for because it's easier to understand someone, communicate with someone if you can see them. Uh, plus, in the case of the Kindle Fire, they can actually see your tablet. They can highlight information on your tablet for you. So, so this trend of trying to find ways, uh, albeit remotely, uh, of trying to get the customer service representative face-to-face uh, in some form with the customer is something you're going to slowly but surely see more and more of starting in 2014. Yeah. Maybe for those who haven't seen the commercial, just because I think this feature is really interesting, I actually have not got to experience it myself. I don't own a Kindle Fire or know anybody uh, nearby that does. But in the commercials, in what I've read about this, basically somebody can just simply t- touch a button on their tablet if they're having a problem or needing some assistance with something. And instead of it opening up a text chat window or sending off an email – an actual video window appears, a live representative at Amazon, I guess, that yes. is going to talk with you and talk you through what the, pro- the problem is or issue and help you solve it, even to the point where they can actually momentarily take over your screen and point to things or do things for you. Is that Am I summarizing it pretty good? That's exactly right, and that's really intriguing uh, because it's almost like you're bringing desktop support in that face-to-face mode to anybody in the world who who has a Kindle in this particular case. And a lot of customers like that face-to-face engagement or like to be able to have that more personalized interaction. So you're going to see more of this in 2014. I I think it's going to be a very, very slow growth because, uh, first of all, tech issues. Um, where you know, how, how are you going to make sure that you have the quality of the video, the audio, the, just uh, the dynamics of that? How can we make that work? Uh, there's a little bit of the creepiness factor if it's two-way and not just one-way. I mean, how many of these reps are going to want to see or are they going to allow some of the reps to actually see the customers? Um, and then you know, think about the flip side of that. Where are you going to find people who are pleasant to talk to but also pleasant to look at? Sure. And who also have very good body language, regardless of what the situation is. So that's actually not going to be easy. These folks, uh, like that that uh, actress that that you see in those commercials, they're going to be well paid compared to the typical customer service representative because they have to have the whole package. They got to be able to resolve issues, right tone, right body language. Uh, you know, have that pleasant kind of feature as well. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to happen. It's just going to be a relatively slow uh, growth process. I, I didn't even think about the qualifications that were going to be involved in the people on their end. So you're right. You're right. That's a could be a rare breed to find. And uh, but you know, Amazon. They, I mean, they're they're a pretty good sized company, right? They've got some money behind. Huge, them, so. huge. <laughs> they yes. might be able to find that talent somewhere. So yes, uh, unfortunately, not everybody has that kind of money and wherewithal, but they sure do. So. 
Good. Well, what do you got? What, what's another trend you see for 2014? Well, in 2014, we will realize that we are all the same. Okay. And let me, let me tell you a story that, that kind of illustrates what I mean by we will realize that we are all the same. Uh, we, we are doing research uh, with some different hospitals right now, in particular about their emergency department experience. And we included in that research is focus groups of patients, uh, ER recent ER patients. And it was interesting because when we talked to the focus groups, uh, one thing we try to do is to get a sense of what are those unexpected wow kind of moments, who makes uh, this unexpected positive experience for them. And in multiple cases, from a greeting standpoint, it was the security personnel. Uh, the, these patients had been to ERs before. They were used to just walking in, having to find the reception desk or waiting a long line. But in this particular hospital that I'm speaking of, as you're getting ready to enter the building, there's a security person there. And oftentimes that security person will greet you. They'll ask you if you need help. They'll get you a wheelchair. Uh, you know, it, it's right off the bat. Somebody's asking you about you. They're, they're taking care of you immediately. And uh, it, it's, it's that feeling like, OK, I'm being taken care of. So a lot of the wow moments related to that. Now, the interesting part of, of those stories we we're getting from the focus groups participants, and it wasn't every focus group participant. It was just a certain percentage of them was that the hospital itself is having issues with the security department because some uh, employees just flat out don't want to do anything except look for the bad guys or, or break up fights, uh, while other security personnel really care about doing those extra things. So there's still a certain mindset in security, uh, let's say in technology, divisions of organizations, in facilities management, divisions of organizations where all they care about is their service, their product. They don't care about the customer aspect of what they do. So at some point, there's going to be in 2014, more and more focused on getting a holistic uh, approach to customer service. That's going to be emerging where, again, this is still slowly, but departments are going to serve customers uh, and view that as a mission throughout the company rather than a mission of just one department. Interesting. So, Ed, when you're when you're describing this as a holistic approach to customer service, by that we're meaning thinking about the person and them as individuals and as a person, as opposed to feeling like we've got to force them through some sort of process or certain kind of customer service approach. Is that is that what you're meaning well, by that? Yeah, that that's part of it. And the other part is it's a little bit cultural, where those departments that stereotypically don't think of themselves as being a customer service department. You know, it is security, it is uh, IT. It is facilities management and grounds, et cetera. They're going to start being told. They're going to start being trained uh, about the need that, yes, they are customer service, just like every other employee in the organization is customer service. There's so many articles written on customer service nowadays, and and they still just address the call center. But the reality is uh, that trend will be changing where every employee is going to be viewed as and expected to be customer service oriented. Okay. All right. Good point. I got that. All right. So Ed, what's uh, that was two items we just talked about for trends of 2014. What's the third one we have coming up? The third one is that we will become infographics. Oh, I love infographics. So so we're all going to turn into infographics. Is that what you're saying? Kind of, kind of. Uh, Since you love them, can you kind of give us a quick definition of what is an infographic? Well, it's, it's I, the best example I can give is I think uh, USA Today is kind of the first place I ever started seeing them. Always in that bottom corner is that one little simple 
graph visual representation of an interesting piece of data and finding some really creative ways to share those. So Yeah, that's a great way to put it, that pictorial representation of something. Uh, you know, it, it could be uh, viewed as almost like a one-page PowerPoint. You know, if you, you had to consolidate all this information, some pictorial form with some information, some data, some words, uh, you know, graphics, that sort of thing. It, it's one of those trends that you see nowadays, and it conveys information very simply, very graphically, hence the name. Uh, and it grabs your attention, too. You know, visually, it's very appealing. So this trend basically, again, may be slow in coming like the other two, but, but as people begin to like to see and absorb information in a certain way, just in general, uh, that way often gets co-opted, co-opted by the, the gurus of the world. So uh, you, you see, uh, for example, Instagram, very picture-oriented. Uh, I mentioned pro sports early on. Uh, Green Bay Packers, uh, as a Packer fan, I was on their website multiple times uh, <laughs> late last year. Sure. All for naught, but that's another story. But after every Sorry game, they would have that. Yeah. yeah, that. Thank you, thank you. But after every game, they would have uh, an infographic with the information on the prior game. So, from a customer service standpoint, where this comes into play is: uh, imagine that you're getting ready to assemble a ceiling fan. Mm-hmm. You know, you have some instructions, you have some directions, and instead of a 40-page document all in small print, uh, imagine if you get a one-page infographic for how do you do that. Okay. Uh, and this is just one of those examples, one of those trends I predict where people are going to look at what's taking place in marketing, mm-hmm. what's taking place with these infographics and web and social media, and they're going to say, people like to receive information this way. How do we apply it to our customer service? Right. So really kind of steering more to a visual approach for some information. Because I think you know, visual visual representation of things speaks to a whole different part of our psyche than, than sometimes text does. Right. I think it's also a little bit of emotions can be involved and a little bit of creativity can be involved where you don't always have maybe that kind of flexibility with just plain text information. So Right. Yeah, and you can be very creative with the words that you use, but that requires that somehow you can grab the attention of somebody for long periods of time so that they can read through the words, whereas a picture can say many words, convey many messages much more quickly. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. I like that one a lot. I'm looking forward to seeing us move more data into that visual uh, infographic representation. So, all right. Yeah. What's, uh, what's another one? Uh, trends for 2014 in the world of customer service we're anticipating. Okay. I, I don't know if you've heard of big data, but big data will be overplayed just like social media was overplayed. And, and I'll start explaining this by telling you a quick story. Uh, my, my daughter's in middle school now. She was in elementary school three years ago. And I went to about three or four years ago, one of these sessions the school system puts on on internet safety, where you, your kids are getting into social media, they're going on the internet, here are some good tips to have relating to internet safety. And the person who was giving the presentation said, I guarantee you that in no more than five years, email will not exist. Hmm. Okay. Now, the reason why he said email would not exist is that he was heavily focused on Facebook at the time and all the the supposed new features that were going to be coming out in Facebook. And it had over a billion users. And and his point was Facebook is basically going to take over the communication world. Hmm. Well, the reality is email is still huge. Facebook is almost a non-entity to to any uh, child under the age of 15 or 14 years old. They'd rather not get on Facebook because that's where their parents and grandparents are. So, so that trend was wrong. That that overplaying of the impact of social media, at least in that respect, was wrong. And it's also going to be wrong 
for big data because you hear so much about big data nowadays, which is basically taking all this information that you have your customers uh, on your customers, whether it's uh, from your customer service area, from your sales area, from all the different product and service lines you have, and somehow aggregating that data across all these different channels and being able to get that data in the hands of a frontline employee at their fingertips immediately, real time, and they can do all these wonderful things. Well, people are saying, you know, big data is taking over and we're moving to big data, but too many companies don't even acquire enough information on their customers to use it like they're talking about big data being used. Too many companies don't communicate well enough internally as it is about policy changes, plans coming up uh, to, to use big data the way they're talking about. Too many companies don't have a customer service or retention culture that you need that that is at the leadership level and, and is very strong at the frontline staff level to use the big data the way they're talking. So companies can have the best systems in the world to analyze and share data, uh, but if companies can't or won't acquire the data or if they don't break down their own silos or if they don't care about their employees and the end customer enough, big data for those companies is going to be useless. That's really interesting. And that's, you know, I'm seeing even in these first four how things are somewhat tying together a little bit. It's almost like we're seeing a little bit of the let's not be over-reliant on specific data and technical information and text-based information. Let's go for more relationships and emotions and all that. And I think a little bit of saying the big data may be overplayed a little bit is it saying you know, let's not be scared if you're a company that doesn't have the access to the big data. You can still put together a strong service ser- customer service plan for your customers. And even if you have access to the big data, if you're not willing to use it and remember all these other trends, it's, it may become kind of useless for you. Right. It, it, big data is being pushed like a panacea, and it yeah. will not be panacea. Okay. That's a good way of looking at it there. So very interesting. Well, we've talked about four trends. I know you got a few more to share with us. If it's okay with you, Ed, we're going to take a really quick break, and when we come back, we'll wrap up with the rest of the trends here for 2014. You're listening to Customer Service Solutions and the Jackson Group together here on Stepping Up Service, our podcast here on the TV. We will be back in just a moment. We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. And now, as promised, back to your show. Hello and welcome back to Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.TV. Uh, Alan Jackson here with the Jackson Group, Ed Gagnon with Customer Service Solutions, and we're right in the middle of talking through some top trends we are anticipating for 2014 in the world of customer service. Had some really interesting ones in the first half of the show that we talked about. We'll get to the others here in just a moment. Before I do, though, just a little bit of a... Uh, housekeeping uh, information here about the podcast and the networks and everything else going on. You are listening to Stepping Up Service, which is a podcast on the mesh.tv network. Uh, to find out more about the network, to see the other shows we have available for you to listen to all for free, you can visit the mesh.tv. That's T H E M E S H dot TV. We have a whole different, uh, wide assortment of shows to listen to, ranging from business shows like this one to uh, entertainment shows to some news to music. 
uh, everything in between. So a lot of different options. All the shows on the Mesh Network are free to listen to. And we strongly encourage you, if you like one of the shows, subscribe to it on iTunes or subscribe to it on Stitcher Radio. That way you assure yourself that every time we put out a new episode, it is delivered to you automatically and you don't have to go hunting and try to find it. Uh, that's a real easy way to subscribe, especially if you go into iTunes. Nice, simple button when you're viewing our podcast on their iTunes podcast store. Subscribe to it, and you're always assured that whenever we put out a new episode of the show, you're going to get it downloaded to your device uh, as soon as it's available. Uh, so that's TheMesh.TV. We really like to hear your feedback as well. There is a Contact Us form on the website. If you have any thoughts, opinions, or suggestions for us, we'd love to hear from you. If you want to learn a little bit more about Ed Gagnon and his company, Customer Service Solutions, at his website, find out more about what they're doing in the terms of trying to help industries and companies out with their customer service needs. Find out more about some of the work that they're doing there. So CSSAmerica.com. And Ed, you've still got your blog posts and other things going on, Twitter posts, everything else that people can follow and subscribe to as well, right? Yes, yeah. Many ways to get in touch with us. And that website URL that you gave is for our new website. We have a whole section on free resources uh, for folks. So uh, lots of good stuff. Uh, on the website free resources i think people like that so that would that should be good so cssamerica.com and to learn more about what we do at the jackson group with regards to satisfaction and engagement surveys and some of the consulting work uh, that goes along with that you can visit visit us at the that's all one word spelled out t-h-e jackson group.com Okay, Ed, we've done enough uh, pumping ourselves up here a little bit. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's get back to our trends for 2014. We had a few more that we wanted to cover. Uh, we already talked about four. So what do you have next for us? Uh, the next one is small to mid-sized businesses will seek to hire octopodes. Or, octopodes. Yes, or, or maybe it's octopi or octopuses. I'm not exactly sure. Um, I, I, I tried to look that up on the wonderful internet just to make sure I got the plural pronunciation of octopus accurate. And apparently it's quite controversial. I didn't realize that, but there's a big debate about what is the plural of octopus. So well, I, I'm going with octopus. You tapped into a real timely <laughs> firestorm here. So I'll go ahead and say for all the listeners, if you have any feedback for us on the whole octopus, octopi, octopud uh, controversy, we'd love to hear from you. This is the kind yeah. of stuff we live for right now so yeah so which one are we going uh, with we're going with octa what is the first let, one you let's said? go with octopodes octopodes yes wow okay i've never heard that before but i, I like it let's see let's okay. it. and this particular uh prediction uh trend for 2014 uh, as i mentioned relates to small to mid-sized businesses the customer service employee who can do it all mm-hmm. uh hence the octopus the eight arms uh, they are going to be greatly desired because as uh different platforms for delivering customer service, responding, being proactive as those different platforms are proliferating. Uh, If you're a a large business, it's not a huge deal because you have so many resources, so many people, you can still dedicate them to just social media or a certain branch of social media, just face-to-face, just the phone, et cetera. But in small to mid-sized businesses, uh, you can't have a, a different division handling different aspects of your customer service uh, interaction with with those clients. What you need to do is work to find people who can communicate well via social media. Uh, they know how to professionally respond to, to emails. They have the ability to be professional in their communications via the phone, even handling face-to-face. So these folks who can be responsive, consistent, effective, personable in multiple areas 
uh, of the organization as it relates to serving the customer are going to be in high demand. Uh, the, the small to mid-sized businesses are going to seek to find and hire these kind of talented people. Wow. And I, it makes perfect, perfect sense because that's actually something that kind of – I think even as we've, we've talked about some of our customer service stories over the course of the year of these episodes, sometimes the, the problem or that whenever we have a negative customer service experience, it's sometimes because the person is just – focused on one type of communication or one type of topic and where if they had been multi-trained in different delivery methods or knowing different communication methods available to them, some of those issues might have been resolved quicker and easier. So exactly. you know, you got social media, you got telephone, you've got paper, you've got, you know, in-person stuff, all these other forms. You're just saying somebody who can kind of do it all, who can be that multi-tool for customer service is going to be key. Right. Right. Especially the smaller the business, the more important it'll be to find people who can do all of those different methods of communication very well, very effectively, because the small businesses just don't have the funds to hire multiple different people who have more specialized skills. I see. Okay, great. All right, let's move on. I think this is probably going to be our sixth one. Is that correct? Yes, and this is maybe the most exciting one. We'll find out what you think. Uh, But this one is called... Uh, I'll just uh, kind of describe the trend. A new app called the Butler the will butler. be the the Butler okay. will be the hottest app in the world. So have you have you heard of the Butler, Alan? No. I, are you talking about the movie? I saw the movie. You're talking about no, the app, right? This is an app. Okay. All right. No, yeah. I don't know the Butler app. Okay. The reason why you don't know it is that uh, it doesn't exist. Oh, yeah. Um, I know that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see, I, I haven't heard of it either, but it's coming. Uh, you know, we hadn't heard of Twitter 10 years ago. We hadn't heard of Facebook 20 years ago. We probably, most of us hadn't heard of Microsoft 30 plus years ago. So, so it, the Butler app is coming. And my hope is that this customer service oriented app. Uh, it is not necessarily like Google. It's not like Siri uh, with, with Apple. Uh, in terms of how I would like to see this next great social media app uh, evolve, it is for, for me to be able to load basic information, maybe on my cable company or my bank or uh, link in such uh, that it can track orders that I do online. And, and so I have this app uh, and uh, it would be like I'm calling uh, my butler. I'm going to call my butler James. So I say, uh, James, um, I'd like to complain about my telecom company because uh, my cable's out. And James would immediately uh, send a message or call the cable company without me having to do anything. Or, or maybe I would say, uh, James, I, uh, I ordered those flowers for my wife. Could you check on the order status for me? And miraculously, it would give me an update on where the flowers are in transit and when they'll be delivered. Or, or maybe, James, can you check my uh, checking account balance? And, and immediately, my account balance would pop up. Or, you know, get the pharmacy on the phone for me, please. You know, all these different things would happen. So I need to be able to, in, in uh, maybe a better accent, uh, I, I need to be- do you have to talk to the butler in the Thurston Howell <laughs> Gilgan's Island accent? Is that the uh, the, the qualification there for it? <laughs> oh, Thurston Howell, oh, that brings back memories. No, you don't. Okay. Uh, but you can probably program the butler to talk to you in that voice. Well, I, I'm sure. I want the snooty butler sound uh, for everything that's said coming out of this app too. So, right. Yeah. So, you know, I, I essentially ask a question or I convey an issue and regardless of the company, my voice is going to be heard by that company and, and the 
answer is going to be provided. So the basic trend here is that there are going to be apps, there are going to be uh, maybe it's some aspect of social media, some platform, or there's going to be some technology out there that you and I don't even know about now that by the end of the year is going to be the hot thing. You know, it, it's virtually unknown now, but it's going to be the next big thing by the end of the year. And my hope is that with all this great technology out there, we've talked about the Kindle Fire type. Uh, you can think about the infographics. You can think about Instagrams of the world. And you can think about the Siri and, and the Google uh, voice recognition that somehow, some way, one of the big uh, takeaways from 2014 is that there's this development of the Butler app. You can just ask a question, make a statement, and immediately it gets taken care of. So the idea of taking a voice recognition interface, which you know, the last couple of years have really been pushing those both, you know, of course, on your iPhones with Siri, you got Google with their voice commands as well, but taking it to another level of not just controlling what you can do on your phone or your computer, but it's really helping integrate voice and request into your various services that you're connected to or companies exactly. that you're connected to. Okay. Exactly. So it's personalized. It's about me. It's not just a search engine going to a page. Yeah. You know, it's given me the answer, and it's not just general information. It is specific to my needs, my accounts, my transactions. Now, I think that's great for the end users and consumers. I think it could be extremely helpful. What What's going to be the what's going to what are companies going to have to be aware of and be more mindful of if this Butler app came about? Everybody in the world started using it in the next couple of years. I mean, what does that mean for a small business? that may or may not have the connections to this app? What are they going to have to like really work on or be more focused on? Well, when you're thinking about the technology implications of it, uh, if it was a specific app like this, it would probably get to the point where you would find vendors pop up who are cloud-based vendors, and they'll have these applications. You think about Salesforce.com and their app exchange, and if you can link into Salesforce.com and it has this cloud uh, method of, of uh, utilize, analyzing your data, housing your data, all of these other vendors start popping up with certain functions and features that even a small business can utilize. So it, it'll be one of those systems that small businesses could access because so much of the work, so much of the data is going to the cloud. They, they should be able to somehow link in uh, and in a very in much smaller scale, but still link in and, and get that access, uh, get that customer access into their system if that's what they desire to do. Um, the, the, the bigger picture idea here is that when it comes to customer service, uh, we, we need to make sure that we're not getting back into that. Facebook is going to take over email mode. We have to realize new things are coming and we have to make sure that we're looking for them, we're adopting them appropriately, uh, but also making sure we're going in uh, with the the idea that hey this is great now it's another feature we need to manage but it's probably not going to be the the be all end all something else is going to be coming down the pike in the future so Ed with this idea you know of I, I think it becomes so interesting to note that over the last several years we've talked about so many of these social media networks and online services that either help you connect to businesses or evaluate businesses you've got things like Yelp you had things like Foursquare you had all these other apps out there and some of them have kind of come and gone some of 
raised in popularity, some have not. I think it's probably got to be daunting for a small business or a mid-sized business owner to say, how do I stay on top of what's happening on all these platforms and all these services? How do I make sure my Yelp profile looks good? And if people are critiquing me there, I can respond to it. How can I make sure our Foursquare profile looks like it should? And it's just it's a lot to take care of. I almost wonder if your idea, your trend of this whole the Butler app, you know, around putting quotes around that might actually help to centralize all that kind of activity into maybe more of a common funnel in the future too, where hopefully we're not having to have businesses have to keep up with 20 different social media platforms just to make sure that they they're having to watch all those all every day. Maybe there's some way to simplify it from the business end too. I don't know. Uh, it'd be interesting yeah. to see. Yeah. And that's a great question. I know there's a lot of reputation management apps and programs out there now that'll, that'll monitor your company for you. Uh, and that they'll do some of that evaluation for you. Um, but that's, it, it's a slightly different focus than the idea of this Butler app. Uh, and it, you're right, it might make it easier for the businesses to evaluate themselves because the Butler app is focused on me as a consumer. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these reputation management fo- uh, uh, apps are focused on that particular person or that business that the consumer is patronizing. So, uh, but you're right by consolidating a lot of the flow of information, if it could be done through a given app, then that's some major league intelligence uh, that uh, whoever that app provider would be could have in order to share uh, with businesses uh, about how people perceive them and how they're, they're uh, interacting or not interacting with different types of businesses. Well, and just in, 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 uh, in tradition with all the other websites out there these days, the whole web 2.0, it's got to be the butler, but the E is missing at the end. So it's just B-U-T-L-R app. Ah, so, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's be. <laughs> all right. The last trend is very simple, short and sweet. It's what's old will always be new. So, so essentially, customer satisfaction, uh, it comes down to oftentimes those one-on-one relationships, those one-on-one moments of truth. And in that respect, uh, the future of customer satisfaction will be the same as the present. The main difference is uh, what are the paths that companies take to get there? So, you know, no matter, I guess what another way of looking at it too is, I mean, it, yes, we may have different technology platforms and things that change, even like what we were talking about in our last example with different software services and apps and all that. But in the end, it's still going to be down to, you know, what we do with it and how we build the relationships from it. Right. That's exactly right. Maybe it's the, we talked about the rekindle the fire. Well, you can set up the best technology in the world, but it comes down to how do that customer service representative handle that need? Or we talked about the butler, but the reason why the butler is so important is how easy is it going to be for the customer in a very professional way to get their issue resolved or their need met? We talked about big data, and the big data is trying to get that customer-specific intelligence in the, hand, the frontline worker, but it all comes down to how does that frontline worker actually use that customer intelligence. Yeah, And you know, Ed, as I look over all seven of the trends that you brought up today, it is kind of interesting to see that so many of them are focused on reestablishing or placing a, a greater back importance on relationships, face-to-face, and kind of that more personal touch on things, and shifting away from just using data for everything and using using uh, information as just a basis for customer service. It's really using the information as a core, but yet you've got to have that relationship on top of it. Whether it's a face-to-face person on a Kindle Fire, whether it's you know the security guard taking a little bit more of a customer service lead on things, even down to the point of using more visual graphics and infographics just to appeal to that nature of people, that more emotional feel. It just seems like there's a kind of a little bit of a theme you've got going on in all almost all seven of those. 
Yeah, but the more we get technology-oriented in a society, the more intentional we have to be about having that personal touch built into whatever that, that technology platform is. Very, very nice. Well, Ed, yeah. thanks so much for sharing those. those sure. Things. Some of those sound really, really interesting, exciting. I'm curious to see when we touch base again this time next year and we do our wrap-up and looking at our trends for 2015. My gosh, can you believe that's already coming up <laughs> in the next 11 months here? Wow, amazing. Uh, when that happens – uh, be curious to see if the trends are changing or if we learned anything through the course of this year from what we see in the world of customer service. Now, Ed, we always like to wrap up our episodes with just kind of a quick story, each of us sharing a customer service experience we've had in the last few weeks. Uh, could be positive, could be negative. I've got a negative one. You want me to go first? Is, or, or, sure, or, or, right. is, is yours positive or negative? Mine uh, is a little bit negative as well, but feel free to go ahead and go first. Okay. Well, let me go first because it's still very fresh on my brain. This just happened probably three or four days ago. Took a business trip down to Georgia for a uh, presentation I was making and uh, got down there late on a Sunday night and uh, got into my hotel room. You know, got all settled in, going to have a nice night's sleep and be ready to go in the morning with my work. And uh, we had a rental car that we drove uh, onto this location. And it was parked out in the parking lot right outside my window. Uh, in the middle of the night, I don't exactly know what time it was because you're kind of in that groggy, weird sleep phase type of thing. But I did get woken up by a very, very loud noise out in the parking lot. And you know how it is, Ed. I, I should have sprung out of bed and ran to the window to see what it was. But when it, this happens at 2, 3 in the morning, you're just kind of in a weird, weird mental state. You hear the noise. You know something's going on. But yet you find yourself after the noise is gone, you find yourself falling back asleep and not really thinking about it until something reminds you the next morning. Sure. So I hear this loud noise. It sounds like metal. Sounds like just oh, grinding no. away something. Oh. I didn't know if something was scraping the street. I didn't know if it was a trash truck taking out trash i didn't know well i get up in the morning we go out to the car and there is a dent on the back of the rental car and some scuff marks all up and down the back as well so obviously something happened obviously what i heard had something to do with our our rental car of course i immediately felt guilty because i should have got up when i heard the noise and looked out the window and tried to figure out what was going on but as it was we figured we kind of put two and two together we figured that must have been what happened so i go into the uh, the lobby of this hotel chain to inquire and to say listen this is what happened what do we need to do and the poor woman behind the counter, very nice at her job, very good at her job. But we realized the boundaries of where her job and her ability to help us ended, where basically she said we were not, you know, I told her the situation. She said, well, we were not made aware of any problems out in the parking lot last night. I said, okay. Wow. I said, uh, <laughs> do you have security footage or anything out there at the, the parking lot? Because we'd really like to find out what go, went on so we can deal with this on an insurance basis. No, I'm sorry. We don't have uh, security footage for the parking lot either. And that was basically the end of the interaction at that point. I'm not getting anything more out of this person. It's like, okay. Wow. So basically I'm pretty certain our car got hit in the parking lot oh, yeah. uh, in the middle of the night. I've got the scuff marks and dents to show it. And they were not there when we parked. Uh, even when we checked out the rental car, it was all spot checked and there were no dents or scratches. But yet, you know, she had kind of reached the end of her script. <laughs> That's all she could do <laughs> at that point. And uh, so now we're having to kind of take other alternative routes to kind of get some resolution and figure things out. But it just kind of rang true to me. That's another situation where, all right, maybe you've hit the end of your script. Maybe you not are truly prepared on what to do in that next situation. But you've got a customer who obviously 
had something happen to one of their possessions at your hotel, you kind of got to take that next step and see what can I do to create a further resolution if there is one here. And it's just we really didn't get any of that next level escalation whatsoever. We had to kind of call the corporate office and kind of deal with it that way, which you should never really have to do if you've got a human being sitting there in front of you ready to help you. So Right. It's one of the situations where – uh, the phrase she should have used is, I don't know, but I'll find out. Right. And then she yeah. takes ownership and she goes to the next step. Now, my curiosity question for you is, I think the words you used essentially were, I, 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 I should have jumped out of bed and run to the window to see what was the matter. And it kind of reminds me of, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, the the night before Christmas. So do you think it could have been... Santa oh, Claus who who wrecked you in the parking lot? Have you, you have know. you gone down that road? Well, according to my children, uh, there was something Santa Claus forgot to bring them. Ah, maybe he was trying to deliver that to me at the uh, the hotel chain down in beautiful Georgia. Uh, it could be, I don't know, but yes, I did spring out of my bed to see. I should have sprung out to see what was the matter. I didn't put two and two together, but that could have something to do with it. Yeah. But it was just, it's, it's disappointing when you, you want so bad to just reach out and tell them, say this, ask me this question. Exactly. This, and they're not doing it. And you just, you want them so bad to do those things. So Yeah. I'm in that situation all the time where you, you're just through telepathy trying to tell this person how to handle the situation and they're just not doing it. Not doing so. it. I agree. All right. Yeah. Well, what's your story here? Well, my, mine is fairly quick, and, and I almost feel guilty um, uh, sharing this story because a lot of the experience was excellent. Um, we were uh, in Tennessee over the holidays, and we were celebrating the uh, birthday of my mother-in-law. It was a milestone birthday. I won't say which one it was. Let's just say if 39 is what it's been for a while, so we'll just kind of leave it at that. Sure. Uh, yes. I know a few people that have the perpetual 39 birthday as well. So Exactly. Uh, but we were going to a restaurant. Uh, there were, I think, uh, 11 or 12 of us going to the restaurant. It was a restaurant that was set up as actually two different restaurants. They had the same lobby owned by the same company, but if you go straight or to the right, you go into restaurant A. You go to the left, you go into restaurant B. So you well, took, you took her to the Burger King at the gas station. Is that what you did? <laughs> <laughs> and come on, you could do better than that. <laughs> well, they do have those new French fries, Alan. Uh, no, <laughs> excuse me. It wasn't wasn't the Burger King at the gas station. Okay, all right, um, but, but essentially, um, we came in and they put us into restaurant B, even though the uh, reservations were in restaurant A. Okay. Uh, restaurant B was still a, a nice restaurant. Restaurant A was a little bit cozier, a little bit better for a more intimate family gathering. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we informed the the server that w- we were supposed to be in the other restaurant, she's, her response was, well, the menus are the same. And she was nice, but she didn't apologize. Mm-hmm. She never smiled the entire time she was serving us. Uh, she didn't offer any empathy, and the menus were not the same. We checked out the menu for the other restaurant, Restaurant A, on the Internet, and there were several things there that were not at this that this particular restaurant that we had considered ordering. So the food itself was very good. Uh, we had a great time talking. It was one of those situations where you almost felt guilty 
uh, about actually uh, calling it a negative experience because the food was good and the conversation with the family was good. But the fact that they didn't acknowledge uh, that the menus were different, the server never smiled the entire time. Um, the the menus were different. We had looked at the menu of restaurant A on the internet prior to going there, and there were certain uh, pasta dishes we were looking for, and there was not pasta in restaurant B. It just kind of made you feel like uh, it's one of those experiences where um, we would have been happy without them really rectifying the situation by putting us into restaurant A, but at least acknowledge it, at least take some ownership over it. Even if you personally didn't cause a problem, apologize, convey a little bit of empathy, tell the customer that you really want to make it a great experience, and then move on from there. But since that didn't happen, those negative feelings lingered throughout the dinner. Well, and you know, it's, it sounds like one of those situations, too, where you've got some staff there at this restaurant that they probably just take so much of this for granted. They see the two restaurants as probably very similar in their eyes. You know, they all work this, across the same ones. So in their mind, it's like it's not a big deal. Somebody's in a, one restaurant or another, and they've just taken so much for granted over the years, where from a customer, first time there or one of the few times they've been there, there are differences. They see different things, and you gotta you got to be able to empathize with what the customers are seeing and not just what your own perhaps jaded or very uh, accustomed mindset is. Yeah, and sometimes you're so immersed in the day-to-day activities, and it seems so self-evident for you in terms of what's similar, what's different between the restaurants, that it's hard to kind of pull yourself back and to try to think, well, what does a first-time customer really feel about this experience? Mm -hmm. But that's where empathy comes in, and that's why I always say if you had an internal quality or characteristic uh, that, that you need to have to be great at customer service, the most important characteristic is empathy. So before you can even serve the customer, meet their needs, address their issues, convey that you care, first off, you have to be understanding of what they're going through. You have to have that that characteristic. Absolutely. Well, guys, we're really sorry to have ended on two somewhat negative stories. But, I mean, they weren't really horrible stories. I mean, you know, all things being said here. But it still does just show that there's little simple actions and things that could have been done in both of those two situations we described that would have made them a positive experience in our mind going forward. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's just the words we use, it's the actions, it's the facial expressions, it's the empathy that uh, can really make a big difference. And we would have had two positive stories to share uh, coming out of situations that were maybe less than desirable if the interactions we had were more, uh, more focused on the service uh, end of things. So, Ed, I think we had a great show here. I think we covered seven trends for 2014 we're seeing in the customer service world. We shared a couple of stories that had to do a lot with language and empathy that staff could have used to fix the situation. Uh, looking forward to a great 2014. I hope you are as well, Ed. Got some big plans and big ideas of things we're going to all see happening and trying to do with our own businesses this coming year. So. Yes, definitely. And and uh, Happy New Year to everybody out there. And uh, definitely hope that you have uh, a lot of success uh, and just take a lot of joy in what you're doing. It's uh, definitely wonderful to, to be talking to people who are in the world of customer service and, and uh, just definitely value those folks, value the listeners, and, and hope everybody has a great year. Yeah, I echo those sentiments uh, top to bottom. Great. Well, you've been listening to Stepping Up Service here on the Mesh.TV network. If you want to learn more about Ed and his company, Customer Service Solutions, you can find them online at cssamerica.com. They've got blog posts. They've got an email newsletter. They've got social media connections. And Ed, you were saying your website now has also some good free resources on it for people to check out. So we really do encourage everybody to go do that. 
If you want to find out more about the Jackson Group and what we do in terms of satisfaction and engagement surveys, you can learn more about us at thejacksongroup.com. So for Stepping Up Service here on TheMesh.TV, Alan and Ed signing off, wishing you a happy new year, and we'll look forward to talking to you next month. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.